We want it to be a life, a life where our hearts and our minds and our thoughts are set toward you. And God, we just pray as we take the time now aside to look into your word and maybe look into what it was like for you in the days leading up to your death. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and our eyes, even if we're hearing this for the very first time. Would you speak to us clearly, O God, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So good to be able to share with you on Good Friday morning. And I just wanna extend another welcome to any guests that we have, any visitors that we have with us here this morning. It is just our privilege that you have come to share with us. And shout out to everybody who's sitting in the overflow and the chapel and the cafe. It's just an honour to be able to be here with you today. And I've got a message that God has put on my heart for you. And it's, it's my um, prayer that it would just speak to you wherever you're at in your life and in your circumstance on this Good Friday. And um, I've called it the place of preparation. And we're gonna look at a place called the oil press today. And uh, now I don't know about you, but there are certain times in life where I have found myself thinking, if I had just had a bit more time to prepare, things would be going better right now, right? Like those unexpected dinner guests that you get or the ones that your husband or wife invited and forgot to tell you about and then they turn up at the door and you're left thinking, gee, a bit of preparation time wouldn't have gone astray. Or maybe it's that unexpected bill or invoice that you weren't expecting. A little preparation time for that would have been good too, wouldn't it? And yet, how often do we procrastinate preparation? Any 11th hour assignment writers out there? like leaving it to the last minute. Steve and I went to university at the same time, except for I went a year ahead of him and I studied a primary teaching degree and he followed the following year in the same degree. And so he would take my assignments, wouldn't he? And he would um, take them and in the 11th hour, he would change his name and change the date and hand it in. Do you know what? He got better marks than me. (laughs) How is that? How is that? I reckon it was favoritism. He just sweet-talked all his lecturers. But how often do we put off preparing for things that actually are beneficial to our lives? Things like training for a sporting event or, uh, or, or training for, you know, upskilling in something. We so often put off preparation. Why do we do that? Well, preparation takes work, doesn't it? Sometimes preparation can be painful. It can hurt to do some of those things. Preparation can seem long. Preparation is the long game, isn't it? Preparation is the unseen. Preparation is that time where the seed is underneath the soil and you don't actually see what's going on under there. Preparation isn't the fun part in the process, is it? Well, today I wanna talk to you about that place of preparation. In Matthew 26, Jesus goes into a place of preparation. He goes to a place called Gethsemane. And we know that in the scriptures, it speaks about how before Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion, he goes to this place to pray and prepare for what is about to take place. And I'm actually gonna read to you the scripture around the, of what happens in this place called Gethsemane. 
And I wanted to read it to you from um, the newest translation called the Passion Translation because I kind of want it to be a narrative to you. I want you to be able to listen to it as a story. And so it says in Matthew 26, verse 36, it says, Then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the oil press. He told them, sit here a while while I go and pray over there. He took Peter and Jacob and John with him. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. Then he walked a short distance away and, be, and was overcome with grief. He threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, my father, if there is any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Then an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. Later, he came to his three disciples and found them all sound asleep. He awakened Peter and said to him, do you lack the strength to stay awake with me even just for an hour? Keep alert and pray that you'll be spared from this time of testing. You should learn by now that your spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is weak. Then he left them a second time to pray in solitude. He said, my God, Father, if there is not a way that you can deliver me from the suffering, then your will must be done. He came back to the disciples and found them sound asleep, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he left them and went away to pray the same prayer the third time. When he returned again to his disciples, he woke them saying, are you still sleeping and resting? Don't you know the hour has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to the authority of sinful men? Get up and let's go for the betrayer has arrived. Now I find it very interesting that at the beginning of this passage, the translator who wrote this uh, refers to this place refers to this place of Gethsemane, this orchard where Jesus goes, refers to it as the oil press. I find that incredibly fascinating and interesting. And when you look into what an oil press actually does, an oil press takes the seeds or the nut or the fruit and it puts it through a barrel and it's pushed through and it's pushed through. And as it's pushed through, it creates friction and pressure as it goes through the press. The ingredients go through the press and this pressure and the friction that's placed on the fruit causes a heat to occur. And this heat is necessary for what is about to take place. See, the pressure and the friction and the crushing that's placed on the fruit is all so that it would be able to push through small openings. The oil would fall through the small openings, leaving the remaining, the, the pulp expelled separately from the oil. See, the fruit must go through the process of the crushing in the oil press. And it is incredibly interesting to me that the prophet Isaiah prophesied Jesus' death in a similar way. In Isaiah 53, he says, but he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our inequities. And now here we find Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, in a place that's been described here as the oil press. Ever felt like you've been in that place of friction or pressure? Like you're being pressed in from all sides. Jesus knew what it was like to be in that place. He knew that feeling all too well. 
I've got a few things for you this morning that I hope will help you on your journey if you feel like you're in that place. If you feel like maybe you're sitting in an oil press right now, the first thing I believe we need to remember is that in the place of preparation, there is pain. In the place of preparation, there is pain. Think about the dashboard in your car. On the dashboard, there's a whole bunch of um, little symbols and if there is a problem in your vehicle, one of those little lights will come on. Who knows what they mean, but the lights do come on. And there's oftentimes a light comes on, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't know what that means. (laughs) I know I should do something about it, but I'm not sure what I need to do. As inconvenient as that little light is though, because that's annoying when you're on your way somewhere and all of a sudden the light comes on, you think, oh, if I don't do something about that, something bad could happen. As inconvenient as that little light is, that little light is your indication that something in your car needs some attention. See, pain is like the dashboard in your vehicle. Pain occurs as an indication that something in your life needs your attention. Whether it's a physical pain or an emotional pain, pain actually helps us as we process and walk the journey of our life. The problem we are finding in this world is that we are raising a generation that wants to numb the pain. They wanna numb the pain with, might be drugs or alcohol, but hey, it could also be relationships. It could be social media. We want to numb the pain with even food, with shopping, with stuff, with money, with success and climbing that professional ladder. But in James chapter 1 verse 2, it says, Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let, listen to this, it says, let endurance have its full effect, its full effect so that you might be mature and complete, lacking nothing. See, often we wanna do is we wanna bow out before endurance has had its full effect. We wanna opt out of this painful experience before the work that is happening in us is complete. And then we wonder why we're lacking then we wonder why we're feeling incomplete and insufficient to walk through the trial or the journey that God has us on. Have you ever been in that place of pain? Pain in relationships, pain uh, as a result of a grief or a loss. Maybe there's a pain in the delay of an unanswered prayer and your greatest cry is to say, God, take this pain away. And yet it's still there. And I believe that when pain is present, God is saying to us, will you remain? Will you stay? Will you press in? Will you see endurance through to its full effect? Will you allow me to use your pain to fashion you through it? Because church pain has a reward. Pressing has a promise. The result of the crushing and the pressing in an oil press is that 100% pure and unaffected oil would come through that oil press. And what it carries is the most beautiful fragrance to everyone who beholds it. See, pain is a process of preparation and purification. The oil only comes in the crushing. The oil only comes in the pressing. 
And our purification only came through Christ's pain. Our purification came when he was pressed and he was crushed. What pain is there in your life right now that you need to begin seeing as a process of preparation in your life? Because in that place of preparation, we will find pain. But listen, the second thing I wanna tell you this morning is that in the place of preparation, you will also find provision. You will find provision. In verse 37, it says, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. Then it says, he walked a short distance away and overcome with grief, he threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, my father, if there is any way you can deliver me from the suffering, please take it from me. There's that cry that you and I have all cried before. God, would you take this pain away? But then he says, yet what I want is not important for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Listen to this. It says, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, I'm not sure if you think like I think, but I I don't know if that was the answer Jesus was looking for. I wonder if Jesus would have been like you and like me and in that moment of crying out, God, would you take this pain away? That our prayer is that it literally leaves us and we no longer feel pain. And yet here, the pain remained, but an angel of the Lord came to strengthen him in his place of pain. Maybe it wasn't the way he wanted it answered, but in that moment of Jesus' darkest hour, God provided for him in that place. In your place of preparation, when you were in the oil press, can I tell you, friends, there is provision for you. There is provision for you. Listen, when we follow the different seasons, like the natural seasons that happen, the weather seasons, when we follow those seasons, we get to see and experience all the different facets of nature, don't we? You know, we get to see in summertime, we get to see the sun and, and we get to, to feel the heat of the sun and we get to experience, dr- there's dryness in the summertime and, 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 and when it gets to wintertime, we get to see the rain and we get to see the snow and the hail and the wind. I feel like there's a lot more to describe winter than there is to describe summer. Summer's is hot. Uh, but we get to see all of these things and unless we are one of those privileged people who gets to do six months in one part of the world and then we cross over to the other part of the world so we skip winter altogether. If we will allow the process and go through the seasons of the natural seasons and weather patterns, we get to experience and see all the facets that nature has to offer. Can I tell you that in the same way, life's seasons reveal God's nature to us? And in all the different seasons that we walk through in life, when we allow the process to play out, we get to know, we get to experience firsthand for ourselves all the different parts of who God is. See, you can only call him provider if you have been in lack. You can only call him your strength when you've been in that place of weakness. You can only call him healer if you have journeyed sickness. You can only call him peace if you've been in turmoil. You can only call him shepherd if you have felt lost. You can only call him the light if you have journeyed through darkness. 
See, in that place of preparation, he may not give us what we want, but he will always give us what we need. He is our provider. I think of the Israelites in the wilderness. They complained constantly because they didn't have what they wanted. But if you look and you read, they lacked nothing. They had everything that they needed. He is our strength. He is our healer. He is our prince of peace. He is our Abba Father. He is our shepherd. He is our light. He is our life. He is our hope. He is our purpose. He is our promise. He is our redeemer. He is our restorer. Come on. He will provide. In the place of preparation, there is provision. Number three, in the place of preparation, there is purpose. The team can come and join me now. See, in Gethsemane, in this oil press where Jesus was spending his last hours and last day, there was pain. In this place, in the oil press, there was isolation. There was abandonment and betrayal. There was grief and there was suffering. And yet Jesus was able to recognize that even in that place, even in the place of betrayal, even in the place of grief, even in the place of suffering, even in the place of isolation, he was able to recognize that even in that place, there was purpose. Listen to what he says in verse 39. He says, my father, if there is any way you can deliver me from the suffering, please take it from me. Yet, listen to his words. Yet what I want is not important, for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Verse 42, he says to God, my father, if there is not a way you can deliver me from the suffering, then your will must be done. What's he talking about? He's talking about purpose. He's talking about the purpose in the pain. See, Jesus knew, Jesus knew that what was about to take place, He knew that what was taking place in that moment and He knew what was about to come upon Him. He knew that all of that, all of that was a fulfilment of prophetic word after prophetic word that had been spoken for generations before Him, that had been spoken before He even came to earth. He knew that in that moment, those things needed to take place in order to fulfill the word that God had spoken. He knew that there was purpose in the pain. And sometimes, despite what it feels like for you and I, sometimes the fulfillment of God's word over your life is found in the places of pain and betrayal and confusion and question. It's this paradox, isn't it? That sometimes makes absolutely no sense in our logical mind. But that's exactly what the cross is, isn't it? It's the greatest paradox of all. And today we remember the cross, where despite all appearances, a place of death brought life. Christ's pain brought our hope. It's the greatest paradox of all. That when there was darkness, that the darkness of the day actually meant that you and I today get to walk in light. 
what we thought was the end was actually just the beginning. It was our beginning. See, His death was about your life. Here and in eternity. He went through pain so that you and I could live purposed and fulfilled and whole and set free. The cross. The cross. A beautiful place where we see the fulfilment of pain's reward and pressing's promise. Come on, let me pray for you today, church. God, we thank you so much for the cross. We thank you, Lord, that from your pain came our purpose. God, we thank you that your death brought our life. And Jesus, we sit today in remembrance of all of that, all that you did, all that you've done. And God, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you didn't opt out of the process of pain. Thank you that you didn't put a stop to it all. Thank you that you said your will be done. Because of that, Lord, we stand here today and we can be whole. God, I pray right now all across this place for people who are in the oil press, for people who feel pressed and crushed. Right now on Good Friday, Lord, the day where you know exactly what that feels like. Lord, we pray, God, that your peace would be upon them. God, that that strength that you experienced in the garden, Lord, may it be with each and every one of them. Knowing, Lord, that there is reward in the painful seasons. God, that the oil only comes with the crushing. God, we pray that even when we can't see it, we thank You for Your purpose in it. I pray for Your peace upon every person. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Friends, I would, um, I'd love to pray one last